Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome to another week of uh, us, you, doing live things. How are you? How is everybody? Um, uh, tonight, we're, or today, I should say, we'll be talking about hot-headed clients and how to deal with them because it's about a billion degrees out where we are. So I'm going to turn it over to Jerome, and he's going to take over from here, and I'll be back in a moment. Hello, welcome everyone. Hopefully this time we're actually live. We thought we were a couple minutes ago, but we were not. We adjusted and we hope that you guys can see us now. Um, it is summer, it is hot. And with that theme, we're gonna go ahead and kind of spin it and talk about how to manage and work with hot-headed clients. Um, and before we realized we weren't actually live, I asked Lisa this question, as a coach, do you typically run into clients that are hot-headed towards you or has that ever happened to you? And I was mentioning, no, no not at me, because there's usually not that kind of a relationship that we have together. We're usually um, building uh, rapport and how they want to take care of business outside of the session. Um, when that person is coming in upset, um, you know, if they, were, if they were your friend, you might behave differently, but as a coach, we have to just uh, still maintain our physical presence, stay focused, stay calm, breathe, do modeling that will help that client uh, process that moment so that they're able to start sharing and expressing what's happening, um, not in that triggered state. And um, since you do couples coaching, um, your sessions typically have both people in the relationship present. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had a moment where they're going yes. at each other? In fact, I I like it. I mean, it sounds silly. Why would yeah. I like to sit and watch somebody fight? <laughs> drama. They're they're obviously not going to be fighting in a way or having an argument. It's not fight. It's an argument or an angst in the moment that I get to see different dynamics of how they interact with one another because of, they're more apt to have their true self show up versus their best behavior kind of thing. And so when that happens, even if it's a, a somebody, one person coming in, it allows you guys, meaning the coach and the client, to start working in a different way because we're able to pull out different perspectives from that experience. So it's kind of actually a good thing, <laughs> actually. <laughs> So you're saying when clients are angry, they're getting some real work done, at least with couples. Yeah. 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 And if studies have shown that during the hotter months in the summer, violence and aggression increases. So you might be seeing this now, coaches, your clients at their worst because of how hot it is. And hopefully you're coaching in cool, conditioned environments. Um, but still, the heat doesn't really, nobody really likes it being too hot. Do we have um, any techniques? Well, Sorry, that we're, I was going to ask, do we have any techniques to... to well, that's what I was, I was going to say. So, so can we think of like, I mean, obviously when a client is coming in and they're upset, they're freaking out, they're, you know, it's, it's typically a situation where they want to vent, right? Like they want to blow off some steam. Um, uh, I mean, how long do you let that go on for before it starts to get like, okay, this is enough? <laughs> um, <laughs> 
It depends. Honestly, it depends on the new information. When it starts turning into repetitive information, that's perhaps a place that's a good, let's, let's pause for a moment. Let me recap what I'm hearing. And, and what do you want to work on in this? You go back to the coach, the foundation of what we've been talking about. You know, what do you want to get from today's session going through this experience? You always go back to that. So that expression of when do you stop somebody who's venting, usually when it becomes to the repeated <laughs> position. Because they always repeat themselves. Well, like you become coaching the ghosts too after a while. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Typically, like if you're gonna, if you've got them going at it, going or that, even just one person going at it, going at it, they're obviously venting about something that's happened that they cannot change. So at one point, I mean, at some point, it's got to start to move into the realm of therapy if it's going on or too often or too much, right? Well, there's a lot of anger management. Um, groups out there. So that might be the thing to move towards or have a coach who is a specialty with anger management. That's a possibility. So if we have, so depression, we don't treat like, uh, you know, DSM-5 and everything, but it would seem to me that have somebody who has to be in anger management might fall in the realm of, of beyond a coach's uh, duties. I don't know if that I guess you just gauge it at that point. Um, I think that's if it's a man, if the client is being managed, managing their their own um, interaction, meaning as long as it's not becoming uh, violent, as long as it's not becoming verbal abusive. So there's the word I'm looking for. So long as it's not abusive, that could be a coachable behavior. When it becomes abusive, that's not our job. We don't want to interact with that. Hey Sue, um, that. Um, that needs to go to a professional. So when you say abusive, explain that. Like, is it made? Is it how? How does the abusive show up? Um, verbal abuse shows up with name calling. Um, you know, someone feels very threatened. It's beyond the normal irritation. It's beyond the manageable place that they have. I can tell you one time that I was like a goner in a moment when I was younger, I was really young and my grandfather went into the hospital and this person I was working for wasn't going to let me leave because I would lived in Louisiana at the time and I had to go to um, Connecticut and he wouldn't let me leave. <laughs> and all I remember is blacking out. Now that could be what somebody in rage goes through. They get that place where they're so upset that they no longer can really manage how they're feeling and what they're expressing. Now I didn't get belligerent or anything like that. What I did was I quit my job <laughs> in that moment. I stomped off, but other people could you know, react differently. Um, name calling is not a healthy thing. Uh, putting someone down in that place, but even I, if I'm in an in a enraged position, um, it's not getting abusive. When it goes into that abusive, that's when it's not manageable. That's not when it's not our job. My so my question is the, the, what I, I, uh, I mean in the coaching well, they're in their office. And they're not directing the anger at you. They're just, but they're calling, you know, this person is, and they're just going off, right? 
and that at that point that would be the indicator or the red flag or the um is what you're saying is that correct yes um there might be just a moment when we need to go through that and then they go okay now i can talk for real again it has to do with being able to deregulate or get down to more of a calm state if they stay in that um, major alert state where it turns to abusive that's not something we're trained to handle as a coach is my sound weird guys <laughs> um it sounds different from normal but I, I think it'd just be my like a microphone it probably is mm -hmm. i don't know um, hi lutricia um, um, so I, I, I would like to, you know, give the argument that anger is a good thing and should be acknowledged like any other emotion. Um, cause that's what part of being the job of coach is acknowledging the feelings of a client and what makes anger, even if it's extreme different from depression is depression is something that a professional will diagnose you and treat you with. Anger is just a host of different emotions that people can feel at any given time in response to a wide variety of different things. So sometimes it's good to just let the person vent because if you're a coach who let's say specializes in people pleasers or people trying to establish their identity, anger is a very natural sign of progression in that person that they are expressing themselves when they didn't before. Yeah, expression's good. Expression's good. Anger is not one of the best things for your physical body to go through, but recognizing when you are angry, that's a that's a great sign. Then feel, processing it, process where you want to go with it, what you want to do with it. It's all good. that can be coached. That's mm -hmm. the emotional intelligence, right? That's the. Yeah. Um, now, now, one of the things we we talk about and we teach in our level two classes is the shadow, the concept of the shadow, which is what Lisa brought up that 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 blacking out moment, the moments when we we don't identify with our behavior, um, and we say to ourselves that that man, that was like a um, out of body experience, or that was a uh, wasn't like me, that's nothing like me, and I was in this particular situation, I freaked out, you know, um, and. Uh, it's actually being able to face those moments and, and learn what what causes them or why they exist can actually lead to a tremendous amount of growth in a human being. Um, uh, again, though, it's a fine line. All of these things are a fine line, right? Um, uh, what are techniques to calm down a client? If I have a client and, and it's like, what do you ask them to get them to like, okay, let's get this out of this emotional space and into a space that where we can start to work. So I'm not going to really ask them anything in that moment. I'm going to model some of that behavior. I'm going to sit up straight. I'm going to start taking some deep breaths. So I'm going to start modeling the behavior so that body language speaks louder than anything. <clears throat> and oftentimes they'll follow through with following that modeling. Um, if I already have rapport with client, I'm going to ask, then perhaps ask them, you know, based on what they've shared with me, what their best alternative for um, not being triggered in that moment. They, they may have, we may have already spoken about breathing techniques or they, we may have spoken about going out for a walk or we may have spoken about different things. Um, 
so that may be a direction. Walking is really wonderful in a coaching session anyways, because it helps move that energy. So if you have a high energetic person who tends to be on the angry side, perhaps that's something that you consider that you guys go out for a walk. Why do people get angry? I know that sounds silly, but but we really, when you get down to the root of it, it's typically a feeling of, of, yeah. of, of lack of control, right? Uh, most yeah. of the time. Yeah. yeah. Unloved, unheard. Filters that we've been trained from way young. Um, and things that we have built on that as well. Our uh, ego, really, it's a big ego. Well, and that's all born from fear. I mean, I, what is, there's a saying, anger is fear's bodyguard, right? Um, yeah. And uh, unrealistic expectation yeah. in comparison, says Sue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, well, it, and that, again, I think it all boils down to that lack of control, right? Is that lack of, it's like, I want things to go this particular way. I, I expect it to happen when it doesn't, and I have no power or control to change it. I get angry when somebody, you know, when, when something happens to me, I, I have no power or, and it's a way for us to feel like we can regain some control, but it can also lead to manipulation though. Cause mm-hmm. really, really a lot of anger and somebody who reacts that way and goes to a place of just crazy anger. Anytime somebody tries to interact with them, that's a form of manipulation. And it's one that people don't often recognize because what they're doing is they have at some point been rewarded because they, the other person backed down and they learned, okay, well, if I do this, people will back off. And so they use that as a technique to sort of avert having real communication with somebody. Um, it can be a manipulation too. So. Well, and, and, and lacking of asking for what your needs are, you become triggered and expect the other person to know exactly what your expectations were, which is what um, Sue put up there, unrealistic expectations. And, that, and some of them aren't unrealistic, but some of them are not um, noticed that they are needed to be done. And the experience from the other person says, well, you should have known to do that. It's that communication. It's a lack of communication in that, that point. And a, and a lack of communication then, yeah. yeah, that then leads to frustration and then people spaz out and hopefully they, they figure it out and come back together. Um, and that always leads to that forgiveness piece. Um, one with, can hope. <laughs> one can hope. Yes, one can hope. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think that there's a degree of fear, though, that people have with anger and um, is that they're being taken advantage of or maybe not or or they're something there's missing or somebody's you know there's somehow being made a fool of can yeah. have that anger think, as well i think you're right there and feeling taking advantage of is a huge piece um they haven't voiced expectations um and that mind reader is expected to be present for a lot of those exchanges or stupid mind reader always always on break Always like gone. at the wrong time at the wrong place. Like, the thing in the world, that mind reader. <laughs> I wish it would hang uh, out more often. <laughs> what about um, anger that's not really directed at anybody? Because I feel like for the past few minutes, we've been talking about people in a relationship or interacting with people around them, whether it's like a boss or a significant other or a friend. But what if it's just like the yeah. general state of things or something that they can't really control? 
Yeah, you know, there are people that just exist in like perpetual anger. They're just like mm-hmm. angry people. They everything they do makes them every just like they just appear to be angry at the world. And then you know, think about it, people like watch TV shows and they get they get angry. The news, it just yeah. you know, stuff that they have no control over. And it just like it, sometimes it starts to appear as if it's an excuse to be angry, right? <laughs> um, uh, I mean, which is you want to be able to save somebody, right? But that might be the state they want to be in. Well, and it's not our job as a coach to coach that person. That's going to be something I think a little more uh, in depth for therapy due to, yeah, low self-esteem, definitely, or it's habit. I mean, it it could be a habit that that person just has a a trigger reaction, if you will to everything that occurs or they could have psycho- psychological disorders it can also be the ptsd adhd chemistry yeah yeah borderline i mean there are a lot of things in the dsm-5 that that, that quick what quick the anger is um and it's typically like a feeling it's a it's a physical reaction that happens in those cases like it's an actual physical reaction that it's hard to communicate what's going on and then then at that point it's it's hormones and you're already in the state um so a big part of that is catching being able to catch that that physical reaction early on um uh and knowing when to refer to other professionals who are equipped to help you with that Oh yeah, I'm talking about like from. I'm not talking. Don't you no coaching should be, <laughs> um, but uh, I'm just in general. Um, but it's it's it is it is. Lisa had a great point. The um the the habit thing like that that, that this is something that I have read a bit on and I have delved a bit in is is that the patterns that we create right like you know if we some of us go to anger some of us might you know our default might be food or or it might be sadness it might be and it's actually we we have to retrain those habits because it's something that if you've done that if you've done that pattern your whole life like uh, this happens and i get angry this happens and i get angry you don't have to do that and at some point you learn okay wait i don't have to get angry i can approach it a different way and then it becomes about retraining your reactions which can be tremendously difficult Right. <laughs> but I think like you're saying, some of it's been rewarded because when that pattern and behavior has been rewarded at any time, it's not going to go anywhere because um, the system works. If you get uh, really aggressive, not assertive. So we're going to we're talking about aggressive anger, not assertive anger. So if you really get aggressive, what's the de- def- define the difference? Yeah, I, I when I know my rights have been. Um, stepped on in some fashion and I have the ability to interact and share my, I'm, I'm really irritated that, you know, so communication is still there. Well, that's, and that's, that's the, the, when you're in the state of anger and it's already gone too far, right. That there you, it's best to break and separate. Um, uh, but I think we, that anger, if you're not angry at that point, you can be stern, you can be, um, uh, you can be strong, you can have, you know, be rigid if you need to be. But I think that, that I think I, I like assertiveness is a good. Yeah. good yeah. I think we talked about this in the fair fighting techni- techniques um, live and blog where being assertive means you are clearly it's it's communication with the intent that the other person receives constructively what you're saying. So you're laying out your expectations or you're clearly stating without the emotional attachment what behavior what it is you i think there's still emotional attachment however Mm -hmm. when you're still in that 
um, heightened state. So yes, I would agree with that. But what I, I think you're moving towards is staying away from the abusive interaction, name calling, of course, we're criticism, criticism, you know, the John Gottman things for sure. The four horsemen of a pop. Yeah. And it's just, and that's really though, the, the, if, if, if you have two rational, healthy human beings, um, they should be able to ask for, but yes, (laughs) they should be able to eventually, uh, come back together and communicate and, and, um, no, but back to the person who's always just angry at the world. Um, you know, if I, if I, you, as a coach, I would want you so bad. Go, why? If, if you watch the news every night and get pissed off, why do you keep watching the news? I think some very, people don't recognize it. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I interrupt. Well, that, that would be like a dangerous kind of why question because it feels like you're putting on the defensive. A, a way to. Oh, yeah, you couldn't do that. To, <laughs> to transform that into something more coach positive would be. What is it about the news that you, makes you want, like, what do you get out of watching the news? What is it about the news that keeps you coming back, even though you know it does X, Y, and Z? And that's a nice open-ended question that can get yeah. into sort of explore. What would life be like if you didn't watch the news tonight? I wouldn't know things. I wouldn't know what's going on, and I could be mad at things. I mean, I somebody who unplugged, like, I... I unplugged uh, seven years ago from a lot of things. I, I got rid of my TV. I, I did for the, a lot of news. I don't um, watch. I also for a long time got rid of social media altogether, had nothing to do with it. Um, and I just wanted re- like human interaction and I wanted to actually be productive with my life because I felt like we're spending it in front of the TV. Um, uh, and it definitely is, is, it's nice because I don't I don't get stressed out about the same things other people do, um, but sometimes it is definitely weird because I'll feel a little out of the loop or like I don't know what's going on in the world. But I think that's okay because I can't affect change in a lot of those things, right, that are going on in the world. So it's just sort of me. It feels a little um, indulgent at times, uh, um, and almost like a it's a manipulation of my emotion uh, in, in many ways. Jerome, what gets you angry? Not a whole lot. Uh, injustice is probably like the only thing I can really think of at the top of my head. And when I say that, I mean people, bad things happening to people that don't deserve it, uh, particularly when it comes from another person. Uh, that now, really upsets me. Advocate, does anybody really deserve to have bad things happen to them? Like, like <laughs> yeah. I, I believe in karma. So I believe if, if you do bad things, the way energy works, it's going to come right back at you. So I think following that uh, thought process, I guess, maybe, yes, yeah, some people deserve bad things that happen to them. Um, or maybe I should phrase it this way. Don't be surprised if something bad does occur to you and you are consistently having bad things occur to you as you are consistently <laughs> like neener, neener. a person. Um, but but not all people are bad that are yellers or yeah um well uh, that's a, i don't think it's that, that's a big blanket yeah. right like because a lot of times we it's a misunderstanding and for us to paint paint the picture that this person is bad in this situation now mind you there are exceptions there are 
absolutely there are, but it is a very black and white thought process for us to say that this is bad. This is good. This person is, and this person deserved it. This one didn't. It's really not taking the whole picture into account. I don't think at that point in many, many cases. Um, I would agree. I would agree. I think if you actually sit down and um, what I've actually come to realize recently is um, I give everyone the extreme benefit of the doubt. So when I say bad, you really, really got to like, there's something that, because I, I consider, I consider, you know, when someone is doing something in a scenario where maybe someone's put off by it, um, I'm thinking, wow, I wonder what made them consider, you know, to react that way. Maybe they had a terrible day. I think it's somewhat selfish to kind of be upset that someone lashes out. I, I feel like That's you're not victim. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, it's, it's not taking any, I mean, now mind you, people sometimes just lash out and it happens and um, you don't have to, th you, uh, so one of the things I say is, is um, everything is a choice. So mm. I, I don't have control over anything anybody else does, but I do have a choice as to how I react to it and how I feel about it and what it does to me. And um, uh, I think when it's those out of the blue ones that is, are far less, they affect me far less than like the ones that, that are not so out of the blue. Um, which would be funny. You'd think it would be the opposite. You know, I think <laughs> all can be effective because when you think about really strongly opinionated, uh, aggressively opinionated individuals, they're going to stand by what they um, believe. They yeah, but the moment somebody's like that immovable, I realize that they are sort of laughable. I know that's that's terrible to say, but they I feel I start to feel pity for them. I start to feel bad because all that is saying to me is that they have closed their world. And they have made their world smaller and that they are missing out on a lot of things because they are so stuck in this one thought process. Sure. But now we're, we're, but we're talking in the coaching world. Are we coaching that person or, I mean, I think it's still an unknown. I think if the client comes in and says, you know, I work on my anger management, um, what are things I can do? Well, we're going to have a discussion first mm -hmm. and see what it is that they know about and what they can um, physically well, assert the big question is what do you have control over like what what is in your power in this situation in any any given situation and that that is a very powerful question to anybody really mm -hmm. um especially anybody who's feeling um emotional one way or the other um it is not always i mean the thing is though mind you we, we say to we're, we're always trying to turn return to a sort of level state right uh, i think as people we don't want to, I mean, maybe we'd want to exist in a state of like just sheer happiness 24 seven without ever feeling anything else. Um, but we're always sort of, uh, I think, seeking some kind of neutrality. Um, but that's not to say that the, the peaks and the valleys aren't important, right? They, they, they serve a purpose. Uh, well, the peaks don't exist without the valleys. I mean, you've got to have well, your most happy highs. Depends. I mean, that is a theory there. But <laughs> I know that that's a common saying, but but I, I don't know that it is necessarily true either. Well, I don't know that they coexist at the same time. I would agree with Jerome that if you have one, you tend to have the other, but usually not back to back. Yeah. Well, that's what, and I, I, so, and then I would agree, especially um, there's, if you, the higher the high, the lower the low, typically, right? It's typically kind of a, a thing. And so then, then it's about bringing the two closer together so that you're not well, you're resonating in a little smaller wave, essentially. And if we're, we're talking extremes, that's a chemical imbalance, and that's yes, a reason to Hilarious. not. Um, isn't that 
isn't all this a form of black and white thinking though about anger and happiness may not have to be bad like it might that's one of the things i thought is one of the it drove me drove me nuts is whenever um i would cry or anything growing up as i always had to feel guilty about it like and especially with a guy in the room a guy always wants to fix a crying woman it just is true mm -hmm. <laughs> um and it would i then i would feel bad for crying and then it was like wait crying doesn't have to be a bad thing it can just be something that happens it can just be something that happens to human beings and a part of a human process and it doesn't have to have this label of fix it fix it fix it maybe it just needs to happen and then we can move on <laughs> you know um but well and that's uh, oh, I was going to say another example of when anger is sometimes a good thing and can lead to happiness is also personally I get speaking. Angry too. It's so annoying. Uh, <laughs> I work out when I'm angry. I'm far more motivated to hit the gym and work out and work on like my physical fitness because I use that anger as like fuel to just go I hard can, in the gym. You can be a motivator, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably not healthy, but... Um, no, you're not actually, you're supposed to do something like more mellow when you're in that state. They don't want you like punching bags or anything, <laughs> like more of a mellow. Yeah, I'm going to try to hit uh, the heaviest deadlift possible when I'm angry. They used I to have baton things, these, these like, um, what do you call them, pool noodles? Except oh, yeah. heavy <laughs> ones. And they used to, this is in therapy, they used to have us hit chairs to try and get us to be angry. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense to me. You wouldn't do this. Okay, I understand. I can speak about my anger. I can speak about what I'm feeling. But to actually do this with a chair? I'm like, I don't understand that aggression. Didn't there, there used to be a type of like... Yeah, there's, a, there's a therapy a group that yeah, they yeah, like, like, get people in a room and they get them angry. They'd be like, yeah, get angry. And like a lot of times there's people who could not otherwise get angry, right? They, they were sort of flat emotion. This was a way for them to a group where they could just vent. Um, and they would, they would they encourage anger. That's what they wanted out of people. They wanted them to come in the room and get pissed off because they would then be able to go out into the world and not get pissed off at the world. Well, I don't know if that's ICF approved type of coaching, but... Get angry. Get out there if you're interested no, in doing research on it. I don't it, recommend it. I don't think it was at all beneficial, in my opinion. No, at least so that's bad. my opinion, right? But I will say, okay, so my, my, this, me and my dad have the same thing. We're, we are the type of people who, like, we just get it out. Like, we, we try to, we try not to bottle things up. We try to, it's just sort of like, we will just have, okay, this is going on. This is the problem. Boom. Let's go. And we're done. And, and we can let it go. Like, as soon as it's out and it's in the world, it's like, ah, I don't, I, I'm fantastic. I don't need to deal with that anymore. And I'm gone. And it's like, it's, it's gone. It's not even on a shelf. It's gone. Um, but I know a lot of people will carry around with them for resentment. Life, resentment and anger and frustration. And, what do you do? I mean, how do you deal with a client that is harboring resentments? Well, first, is it something that they want to work on? Mm -hmm. I mean, it just goes back to that. Is this something yeah. that's serving a purpose? How does it serve a purpose? Because it does serve a purpose. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's a story. I mean, is it a purpose that they want to continue? So, so if you would, you would ask the client, what, what purpose is this resentment serving? Yeah, I might, depending on where we were in the session and what was going on, perhaps, yeah. What purposes do resentments serve? That's something they have to define because what they usually find out is Well, for you, have you ever harbored a resentment? Well, of course. Can so what, what, what was it serving you? 
it, it feels negative thought. You know, like uh, like Miss Jackson said up there, she said, you know, it just uh, provo- provokes low self-esteem. It um, keeps that negative self-talk um, empowered versus... Me, yeah, so me as a human being, why am I choosing that? Why am I choosing, like, what is it in us as people? I mean, I guess it's irrelevant what is it, what it is, but how do we catch that or let go of that or help our clients to do so as well? I mean, what kind of series of questions would you ask? What is it serving you? What is that serving you? What else is that doing for you? (laughs) Yeah, where do you want to go with this? Because it's pulling out the things that actually are good for us because it, it, in, back in the day when we had to save our lives from uh, emergency moments, it did serve a purpose. But everyday life today, we don't have those kind of emergency kind of moments where we need that adrenaline rush. But we can feel like we do. I mean, it can, it can imprint on us and it can. And the thing is too, whenever we remember things, we're, we're not actually remembering the event. We're remembering the, we're remembering the last time we remembered it and our emotions can be, can affect it over and over and over again it becomes a habit it becomes that that neuro pathway that we go down over and over and over again that we then have to consciously retrain um find out what that correct new story is correct story the story that if i'm attached to this old story how do i want to release my attachment to that old story so i'm starting to empower what that my new story is well not not a lie i'm not calling manipulation or a lie it's just having different uh, um glasses on to look at an event that occurred that i no longer want to impact me and i have and it's funny it's actually it's something i am working on right now as well like there's specific things that still get and i'm like i just want to let go of these i just want to get go like i don't want to and like how do you reframe that an experience a traumatic experience or a i mean and that's not our job to do as a coach but i'm speaking more on a personal basis but that is something that actually i was talking yesterday about with my therapist i was like how do i reframe this thing uh this big huge thing and it's um uh it, it can be difficult it can it can be something that takes time it's not something that ha- always ha- happens overnight um and like there's a good band-aid put on it um but that doesn't mean that I, here's the thing i want to say attachment though. too attachments all have, uh, involved with that so attachment to that particular side of your understanding of the story what's that attachment and what do you want it to be to where it impacts you in a different way i mean yeah, we can go on for this. Yeah, well, and then for I mean, for me, it's a, it's there's a, it's a, there's a fear based anxiety thing that's a, yeah. that it is, and that's really what it's about. It's, it's yeah. genuine fear, and yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just let it, it, honestly. I think for me, the big a big key for it for me is just going to be to let go of the 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 uh, the fear in such a way that that is like okay, it's okay. Whatever happens, happens. Just accept. You know, accept what comes your way as if you have no control over it, because it is really a control issue for me. I mean, just to get very kind of personal, it's like I want to make sure that I am alive. One of the things that I will do is when I'm in that anxiety, fear position, eventually I'm done with it. I'm like, I'm so oh, yeah. bored with it. <laughs> 
it in a sense. I just want to get on the other side. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have what I call this blind leap of faith where I just go, you know what? I don't care. And it sounds like I don't care. It's not that I don't care. It's I don't care about this anymore, the fear stuff. Mm-hmm. I no longer want to exist in that place that I'm just going to go forward into this place where it's going to be an experiment for the new direction. Mm-hmm. Well, and it takes, but it takes a while to get there because if, if you're in a fear state, a lot of times you, your, your hormones, your emotions um, are clouding your, your view. Um, and so then to get to that place, because that's a very logical state that you're in at that point, you have returned to, to sanity in, in many ways. Um, but when you're in the insane state, like that, 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 that shadow, right. It's very yeah. hard to get into the logical person, to get into that frontal cortex, um, yeah. can be very, very difficult because at, you know if, if, at that point the reptilian brain is taking over control. <laughs> Especially, there's a lot of people who feel justified to be in the reptilian brain direction. <laughs> that that aggressive state, they feel it's necessary in all things because they feel like they've been taken advantage of too many times. It's going to keep them safe. Right. That's it's a it's a this keeps me safe. This is why. I'm, this is, so then it, I, that's a security thing, isn't it? It's that that's I mean, it's anyway, into the weeds. So many things. <laughs> maybe bring us back on topic. Um, what about because we've been talking a lot for the past 30 so minutes about other people being angry or personal anger. What, what about when you as a coach are sitting in the coaching seat and you start to get angry? Well, who are you um, getting angry at? Are you getting angry at the client? I, w- I would say the client um, or frustrated or angry at what the client is saying or doing That's- or it's it. And you haven't yet gotten to the point as a coach where you can effectively become outcome independent and separate your that is all i mean it depends i mean well it isn't always outcome independent though right it isn't they're not a coach isn't always getting angry because the person's not getting it right they might be getting angry because of something the client is saying that is offensive yeah there's there's a lot of different like reasons why you as a coach could get angry in a session but how possibly for the newer coaches how can you manage that in the moment as it's happening and outside of the coaching same session? Way. I mean, the same way you would any interaction, I would think. Um, so whenever I was affected by something, um, and it's not necessarily, I mean, we're talking about being angry, so I wouldn't necessarily say I'm angry, but whenever I recognize something that I need to work on in the margin, because I would take notes in the margin, I would put, my reminder in some fashion um, what it is that I needed to work through. And once I put it down on that paper, I could release that focus on it and just get re-engaged with what I was hearing from the clients. Uh, Laura Kramer asked, how do we talk about if they're aiming negative energy at the coach, an invisible boundary violation? Well, and that's true. I mean, we can't because we as human beings can pick up the energy. I mean, it is, it is proven fact. We do actually can pick up the energy of, a, of, of other people in the room within a five foot radius. Um, Six and, feet, actually. What? 
six feet. And it, I mean, you can feel when a person's angry. Like you can feel. Oh, I mean, I can't. Boy, can I feel it? And it's like noticing. It's noticing. I'm noticing there's something going on with you in this place. Share with me what's going on. Do you acknowledge so a lot? Maybe they're not saying it, but you're feeling it, right? Do you? It's probably going to come out in their body language, though, right? It'll probably come out in in the, their tone of voice, maybe. And so, do you say, "I noticed that you're you you are sitting like this today"? Do you want to talk about that? Or I'm not going to put a label on it. We're just going to notice. I'm noticing something's different today. There's yeah. different energy. There's different. Feeling. But you acknowledge it, right? You don't ignore it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you don't ignore it. I can say the wrong thing to say to any angry person at any moment Calm is... Down. Calm down. Relax. Calm down. Relax. Yes. Relax. Calm down. <laughs> yeah, not so much. Not so much. Not, 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 I don't think telling somebody to relax has ever worked in the history it's of never, time. Ever, never. Like, ever one time in the history of the world has the word the history of relax. telling something. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but there is. You can now. If I if if somebody came in and they were in a state, it, would would it be okay to remind them that they are in a safe space? Let's say you know because sometimes that is a it's a panic. Look, you are in a safe. Just you're in a safe space. Take a moment. Take a moment and breathe. Yeah. Yeah, and when you're ready, um, I mean, now that is telling somebody what to do, though, right? Um, the you're too sensitive. Oh man. Oh, that's just that yeah, is like that's that's there, that that breeds passive aggressiveness. <laughs> yeah, uh, Laura Kramer's you're too sensitive. Oh man. <laughs> we all learn those things the hard way, don't we? <laughs> well, it's because we were in our anger in that moment, and we use those kind of ter- terms as well. Anyway, you asked a question. I've kind of now spaced it. Over uh, well, it's 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 I mean, it's telling our client to you know you're in oh. a safe space. Just what take a moment you, and breathe. What will help you right here in this moment. And they if they said, well, I'm just really angry. What will help you right here in this moment with your anger? Is it okay if if you are a coach who is getting having a an emotional reaction? Um, would it ever be inappropriate for you to say? Can we take a break for a oh, moment? I'm, have, I'm kind of, you know, do we do we do we say what's going on? Do we just say I have to use the restroom, or do we say I'm triggered, or do we say? But being saying you're triggered though might then be detrimental to whatever the client is sharing. So you probably want to be as as vague as possible, I would imagine. I'm gonna say, you know, let me, I'm I've got to go to the restroom real quick. I'll be right back. So exactly. I'm, gonna go there first. Gonna, I'm not gonna try and hide what's. That going makes it on. about me as soon as I do that, doesn't it? Um, but I. Mean, I Really, that paper for me writing it down allowed me to release that energy. So, if it's at that where you're worried about sort of your emotional reaction, I think it's okay for it to be about you as a coach because you can't effectively coach if you're getting too worked up. Um, But I don't think you have to share that with the client. I think that you can, for me, so so for me, whenever I was doing, I mean, a number of things where where you have to, is I would have a support system outside of that. So if I knew, okay, I'm having a reaction, what I would do is say, can we take a five? And then I would go and I would, if I needed to talk to somebody, I would go and say quickly, okay, I just need to get this out so that then I can go back in and be level. Um, And I mean, whatever that tool is, it could be writing, it could be taking a breath of fresh air, it could be a number of things, but I definitely have had those moments in other interactions, not in a coaching space that I have been like, I need to take five and I made sure there were support systems in place. It's, 
um, in business. I mean, you, there are moments where you can get very frustrated. <laughs> um, uh, and it just, it, especially if you're under deadlines and you're trying to, it, 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 the, the huge events I've put on, you can, the stress that if you've got people working around the clock, it's just, it can be a thing. So you always want to, I always would like, had a support system, somebody I could turn to, to get it out so that then I could go be a good manager um, and, and not take it out on my, my employees. Uh, or in the coach's case, taking it out on the client. On the client. Or <laughs> anybody else. Can do that. <laughs> Never. Now, so, now, yeah. I guess we, we hopefully have pre-screened our clients and our clients aren't offensive human beings to us before we say they can be our clients, I would imagine. So it shouldn't have to be too much of an issue. I mean, I... Uh, I've never had it as an issue, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah, so... But you have gotten sad, right, with your clients before where you've, you've gotten um, upset. I mean, you've, you've had a tear or a... And, uh, sure, absolutely. Not, is it okay? Is it okay? I mean, we want it in on some level uh, to a small degree, right? Um, we that is validation. If we if we say okay, we well, it's not agreeing, but we can say I I understand why that would make you upset. I understand why you would get angry, and that's where that sincere validation comes in. It's not necessarily that you have to agree, but you can tell them that you see why they are feeling what they are feeling, and sometimes that helps a great deal in these sort of situations, right? Is that they don't feel crazy for feeling how they feel. <laughs> so what I'm hearing you really kind of say is normalizing it. So we're trying to help them find their normalization through it. Yeah. Yeah. So now, well, still ask questions. We're still going to help them see how they're progressing. We're going to help them through that interaction and validation piece. Yeah. I always do a self check-in. Um, I mean, I think most human beings, I, I mean, if, if anybody that I know, I hope would do this. If you've ever had a negative reaction or a, where something where you've gotten upset or sad or angry, I always try to do a self check-in and then maybe a check-in with somebody else to make sure that, okay, wait, was I way out of line here, you know, or what, what was going on to make, cause this reaction? Why am I acting as I am acting? Because I don't want to be like this. What, what is the reason? And I'm, I, I try to learn from any time I, I have an emotion like that so that I can hopefully grow as a human being and not go into those states and have, you know, some emotional intelligence, right? At the end of the day. Um, so that, but we, we, I mean, you get, I, I know Lisa does self check-ins. She does Brooke check-ins too. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Am I being crazy? I mean, that's for me. I'm. Uh, we have some mental health issues in my family, and I've, that is like a big fear of mine. Is is am I am I crazy? Because crazy doesn't know it's crazy. So um, that check-in is very important sometimes for me. Uh, and I think I think that that may be something that a client wants. Uh, am I being crazy in this situation? Am I, am I out of line here? I can I can very much see a, a, a client coming in and, and wanting to express and see and then know how to figure out how to proceed forward from there. Mm -hmm. um, but that's then, again, that 80-20, right? We don't want to spend too much time in the past. We want to figure out how they can move forward through how it's impacting them today yeah exactly and how they can change how it impacts them or how they react to it in the future as well yeah. well and and ultimately um forgiveness is something that that is important and something we aim to uh, we, we i mean it mind you forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting forgiveness does not mean um uh, uh necessarily forgiving the person 
it, it it's forgiving yourself in whatever situation that you're in that made you upset or angry. I've looked at just out of curiosity, some research. I was looking into different people's perspective on what forgiveness is. Mm-hmm. And I got to say 85% of it was all about pointing the finger at the other person. That's this. not, no, it's, 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 I will first try to, my first step in forgiveness is trying to figure out why that person did whatever they did or, or why it happened and to understand from their perspective so that then I can go, oh, okay, this wasn't like directed at me. It wasn't, you know, this was because of X, Y, and Z. And then having that understanding usually helps me to then empathize. And then I go, okay, well, what can I do in this situation? And then that's, it's, it's a learning process, <laughs> um, typically. How about you, Anthony? Do you forgive people? I, I don't know if I define forgiveness exactly that way. That's kind of a difficult, um, not difficult topic, like in a personal sense, it's just difficult to put into terms because I tend to just make things more complicated than they need to be. Um, I wouldn't say I forgave if I'm thinking back in my past and people who without a doubt did me wrong in some way, I don't know if I consider it forgiveness by letting go. I just, Hmm. I would say that it's just a form of letting go. Because I think forgiveness requires sort of a personal relationship to be maintained. So if somebody I knew, don't shake your head at me. This is my. I mean, I you have to. I I've forgiven people I'll never speak to again. I absolutely have. I've mm-hmm. I. But for me, it is it is a form absolutely a form of letting go. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, and but just like for, I'm not going to hold on to that anymore. For me, um, forgiveness is reserved for people I know and still interact with who express sort of um, remorse or there's still that interplay of a relationship in the past for people I can't change or situations I can't change or for myself, there's no, there's no other person to give forgiveness to or have forgiveness with. So I let go. It doesn't bother me. It's not something I waste a thought on i know what we're talking about next week we're going to talk about how to forgive when there's nobody for to forgive right when that person yeah. is not there <laughs> sit there quietly oh, gosh, and a one, actually. it is a big one but i think it could be a very good one yeah. so um but we, we have just a few minutes left so final thoughts uh on 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 Hot-headed clients and and coaching a hot client. You can coach a hot client. You just can't date your hot client. Yeah, I So you know. <laughs> we can do that as a future episode. I think we've discussed it a, a, quite a few times in one way or another. <laughs> I think having a client that has the comfort to show you that they're upset and they're angry, angry, um, and share with you that's. That's they're trusting you. They're in that process with you and the rapport is built and it's just about exploring and finding out what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would take away to, I would say, allow clients to be angry because they might not have a space otherwise outside of the coaching session where they feel they are allowed to be angry. So 
to be it's a healthy expression of emotion i think it's a good indicator if you as a, a coach or even as a person are triggered or you know put in, you you cannot handle somebody else's emotion and it, it's it makes something in you go off that that might be a good indication that okay well that's that's probably some a place i might want to explore doing some work in and see what's going on there um because really we should just let in my uh, not we i i aim to just allow people to be whomever they wish to be and um, that means not telling them how they should feel <laughs> because it makes me uncomfortable um which can be hard because a lot of times we want to fix we want to band-aids we want to when, when we think it's a negative thing or that's the label we apply to it or we go to fixing but sometimes they just need to be and just need to feel whatever it is they're feeling and they may not have another space to do so just like anthony said so i was i was looking at a few um interesting we we're talking about this it's kind of funny how this all comes around um different facebook feeds and i was looking at a, a feed that they were talking about this kind of thing in there and they were saying, leave the relationship. You got to go run. Don't let the door hit you in the butt and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is the difference really? Um, and the interesting thing is all of those people on there talking weren't even answering the individual's question that was being asked. They were just got on their own, bandwagon and tooting what their experience was and giving advice right but, yeah, which is not what we're doing as coaching so even if we aren't saving anybody right we are i mean which my I, my natural inclination is to, to be captain save a hoe to <laughs> to white knight it in and run in there and see what how i can help and what i can do and it can be some one of the hardest things in the world for me not to but i'm learned and i am learning all i mean all the time that the the often the helping is hurting in, in many ways it, it it is detrimental to their growth by by no, we're not talking about a drowning person oh no no, no. Them no we, can, we can learn how to swim no it's saved somebody's life yes don't leave them in the burning building but no don't run into a fire either though on the other hand don't risk your own life i mean that's my i mean unless you are a trained individual and know what you're doing now we have two drowning people it's not just one yeah. and we're just double I, that. I so, <laughs> um, that's not what we're talking about right yeah there are trained professionals um okay i think thank you guys out there so much for watching it's been a wonderful week talking about hot-headed clients stay cool those of you stay cool in every way in the uh, in the yeah exactly (laughs) and um check out certified life coach institute we certify life coaches in three days we're award-winning and we we keep it cool (laughs) that's all bye hey everyone thanks for tuning into today's episode Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.